0: Hey, guys, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to thank you for tuning in to our sermon today. At TC, we exist to see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Come
1: on. Praise God. Praise the God. Praise God. Man, good morning, everybody. How you guys doing today? Like Pastor Brad said, my name is Anthony Brown. And I am here all the way from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Come on. Praise God. But I feel so at home when I'm here. And I just want to say I love Transformation Church all the way back when it was called Hearts of Love. Come on. Where my Hearts of Love people at? Now, uh, real quick, I just want to, because I believe we give honor where it is due And I want to give honor to Pastor Brad and Ashley because they are absolutely amazing. If you want to talk about a series, Unsung Heroes, they were unsung heroes in my life. Also, I want to give honor to Pastor Dan and Miss Kathy. They were once my senior pastors, so praise God. Um, But before we give honor to Jesus, I must give honor to my absolutely... Beautiful, God-fearing, amazing wife, Karanda. She's here with me today. Babe, I love you. Now, I want to know, because it's been a minute since I've been to Pensacola, Florida, and got to be at Transformation Church, and so I'm going to have to test a few things out as we get into the message, but we need to give honor to Jesus. Now, before we do that, hold up. Before we do that, I'm going to need you to go crazy, because I believe That if he's been so good to us, we should be able to respond like David did. Now, nobody needs to take their clothes off. But I think we could stand up and give some praise to Jesus. So let's try that. Can we give praise to Jesus this morning for what he's done in our lives? I think he's worthy of just two, maybe three more seconds of expressive praise because he saved and transformed our lives. Amen. Praise God. Oh, we're going to have fun this morning. This is a rowdy group. So um, I'm from uh, Bethany Church, and we have five campuses, and me and my wife get the awesome privilege to oversee the Baker campus, and they're the rowdiest campus. And so I feel right at home. They always say if you can't preach at Baker, you can't preach anywhere. And they they will praise you. They will praise God with you and shout you down. So this morning I'm going to need you guys. To shout me down. If it's good, say amen. If it's not that good, say amen, right? The faster and more you say amen, the faster I keep going. Well, let's pray. <laughs> amen, brother. Well, let's pray. Father, we just thank you this morning for your gracious presence. And, Father, we're asking that you would be with us and speak to us this morning. God, minister to our hearts. Let us not leave the same way we came in. In Jesus' name. And everybody said Amen. So we are in part five of Unsung Heroes. If you want a title of today's message, it's simple. Ananias. That's it. Ananias. And before we hop in, I want to set the story up because we're going to start off by talking about one of my favorite Bible characters. Well, Bible people because there's, it's, it's a real book. It's not, these aren't actors. One of my favorite people in the Bible is Paul, The Apostle. Come on. How many of you guys love Paul the Apostle? Come on. Your boy wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, transformed Christianity as we know it. And he is my favorite. I mean, he's done some of the craziest things, but he's been through some of the craziest things. And I feel like that's why I love him so much because I can relate. Um, Pastor Brad got the awesome opportunity to meet me when I was a knucklehead. And he truly is a spiritual father in my life. And, y'all, there's been times where I didn't have a place to live. And Pastor Brad and Ashley took me in. Y'all, the stories are wild. Um, I won't be able to spend all the time talking about them, but they were wild. But I remember him uh, letting us stay over and Jawan would be there, Anthony Tragonin and, and Ryan, and we would all hang out at his house. Or we would hang out at Anthony's house with his crazy dogs. Um, man, those dogs were crazy. And they did really crazy stuff that I can't say on stage because I didn't ask for permission. Um... But, and Tommy, oh, my God. Y'all, Tommy taught me how to drive. So Tommy got, helped me get my license, and Anthony Tregoning uh, taught me how to drive stick. I remember that. Derek in, in the back car, in the back of the car. But Paul is one of my absolute favorite people in all of the Bible. And it's because he's been through so much, but yet accomplished so much for God. He had a, a, a crazy past, but God still used him. And And so I want to go to the part of scriptures in Acts 9 where it talks about Saul because Paul wasn't always known as Paul the apostle. There was a point in history where everybody referred to him as Saul of Tarsus. And you didn't want to mess with Saul of Tarsus. He was crazy. He killed Christians. He persecuted Christians. He threw them in prison. And we see here, so before we get to what's happening I just want to give a quick synopsis. So literally, Saul is in the city of Jerusalem, and he gets orders, because he's already been killing Christians and persecuting them and putting them in prison, and then he gets orders from the high priest to go to Damascus and do it over there. Now, this is, now, I want you to think about this. Imagine this, right? Let's just say I'm Saul of Tarsus. Please don't hate me by the end of this. Let's say I'm Saul of Tarsus. And I go to the governor of Louisiana. And uh, I go to the governor and say, hey, can you give me a letter? And he's like, okay, what's the letter for? I want to go down to Pensacola and go to Transformation Church and just start dragging people off to prison. And then he says, okay, perfect, fine, and stamps it. And then I start coming down here and everybody starts talking about there's this dude named Anthony from Baton Rouge. He's coming to start throwing believers in prison. That, so that's where the story is. So literally Saul gets permission from the chief priest to go to Damascus and wreak havoc. In, in verse 1 it says, but Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogue at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now, as he went on his way, he approached Damascus and suddenly, everybody say suddenly, a light from heaven shone around him and falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Isn't it amazing that Saul is doing all of this in his first encounter with Jesus is saying, why are you not, he didn't say why are you doing this to the church. He said, why are you doing this to me? And that, that, that's an example of how close and intimate our relationship with Jesus is. He doesn't just see things that happen to the church as a separate entity that he left on earth. He sees it as though it's happening to him even though he's in heaven. He literally says, why are you doing this to me? But Ross, oh, so, so why are you, now he, as he went on his way, he approached, oh, no, a little too far ahead. He was without sight and neither ate nor drank. Now, there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. Everybody say Ananias. The reason why I love Ananias so much in this story is because we start off with Saul of Tarsus, one of the craziest persecutors in church history. And we know because we've read the Bible that before the story is all said and done, he's known as Paul the Apostle. Ananias is the first person to encounter Saul of Tarsus on his transformation journey to following Christ. And I think he's worthy of being an unsung hero because I don't think he gets the praise he deserves. Because there's so much that happens in this short encounter with Saul of Tarsus. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, and he said, here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, rise and go to, street, go to the street called Straight. And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. For behold, he is praying, and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay hands on him so that he may regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man. In modern terms, hold up, wait a minute, Some ain't right. And so he says, Behold, he is praying, and he's seen a vision. Many men and eyes come lay hands on him. Lord, I have heard many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has the authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles. Then he rose and was baptized, and taking food and was strengthened. And so here we have this crazy story where Saul is sent, he's blind, then sent into Damascus, and then God tells him, him, I need you to go to Straight Street and go find somebody. Just stay there. Now imagine that, God blinding you and then giving you directions to go somewhere. Ridiculous. And so then he goes to Ananias and talks to Ananias and says, hey, I need you to go to this man named Saul because he's praying to me right now. And I need you to pray for him so that he regains his sight. And Ananias is like, man, Jesus? Like, do you know who he is? Like, this is Saul of Tarsus, the crazy murderer who literally is on his way. Like, I don't know if you understand, but he's actually looking for us but you want me to go meet him and pray for him? Hold up, Jesus. Just in case you missed it, this is Saul of Tarsus. And that's who you want me to meet? Oh, yes. And then Jesus responds with, he is my chosen instrument. My goodness. So Ananias, first thing he mentions to Jesus is Saul's past. Not recognizing the fact that he's already on this road of transformation. And so my first point is calling over past. Are you able to see the calling of God or somebody's life without getting hung up on their past? Because that's exactly, because, look, I'm not here to tell you what you're not. Transformation Church is full of unsung heroes. I would not be who I am today if it wasn't for Transformation Church. So this is just a message to remind you, don't stop being who you are. Because there are many people waiting for you to be an unsung hero in their life. There's many people in this community that are waiting for you to be an unsung hero in their life. And it's already a part of your DNA. So this message this morning is to encourage you, you're doing the right thing. And so Saul is waiting there for Ananias. And Ananias is having this dialogue with Jesus. And he's like, Jesus, I don't know if this is possible. Like, I can give you a million reasons. He might literally kill me. Like, literally. If not, at least lock me up. And then drag me back to Jerusalem. Yo, it was a three-day walk. A lot of people don't realize that. It was a three-day walk from Jerusalem to Damascus. So he's going to drag him back from Damascus to Jerusalem for three days. And all the other Christians. And so he decides, you know what? I'm going to trust you, Lord, because you said something that I can't argue with. Because you've transformed my life, I have to acknowledge what you've said. And he said, he is my chosen instrument. I need you to go. And so, and it's one thing to do with the Lord. How many of you guys know it's one thing to say yes to something and then to say yes with attitude? Come on. See, because I don't know about you. When I was a kid, I was a knucklehead. And my parents would ask me to do stuff. And I would say yes, but I'd say it with an attitude. Or I learned at a very young age, so I didn't do this all the way into my adulthood. But or I would just say something completely dumb. Like my grandmother, she would yell across the room, Anthony, I need you to take, take well, she didn't say I need you. She would just say, take out that trash. And I would just respond, huh? No, and good and well, I heard her. And then she would call again and I would say, huh? So then my grandmother, you know, she's old, got her cane. I know she's old and got a cane. She come wobbling into the room. Don't tell my grandmother I said this. She come wobbling into the room. She's like, boy, didn't I tell you take that trash, out." I said, grandma, I didn't hear you. And, y'all, of course, I was faster than my grandmother. Um, and so she would come, like, speeding towards me, which is actually, like, not really speeding, and try to hit me with the cane, and I like, go running around the room. But it's easy to say yes to something but say it with an attitude. But Ananias doesn't do that. And you can see right here how he does not Because the first thing he says when he meets up with Saul is he says, brother Saul. Now, that's a big deal. Because in that moment, what he was saying is he didn't say, he could have said Saul. He could have said Saul of Tarsus. He could have called him murdering Saul. He could have called him whatever and would have been right. But he responds and says, Brother Saul. And that was him accepting him into the family of God. That was him accepting him and grafting him into the family. Saying, I'm not looking at you as some outsider. You're now my brother. Because if Jesus saved you despite your past, you're now a part of the family. There are some people that God is going to and already has brought into your life that he's hoping your response to them coming into the family of Transformation Church is brother or sister. See, because it's easy to look at. I don't know about you, but the community we're reaching out to has some people that has me hesitate and say, Jesus, they're from Tarsus. Jesus, they live right next to Pine Forest High School. Oh, yeah, you thought I I went to Pine Forest for a year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They are ratchet. My goodness. And so there's going to be people that Jesus is going to ask you to reach out to, and you're going to hesitate and say, man, I don't know if Jesus knows who they are. Jesus might have lost his omnipotence and omniscience, and uh, he went to some knowing and not all knowing, because they are crazy. Or maybe they may look different from you. Jesus, They might not fit in around here. Because, see, it's easy. It's easy to look at somebody and say, man, what if a homeless person walked in and wanted to be a part of the family? Are you going to call them brother and sister? Because that's what God is calling us to do. See, but not only, there's the other side of the coin, though. It's, okay, I know I'm supposed to be like Ananias and accept people despite their past. Because somebody accepted you despite your past. What if there was a sign over your head right now that I can see all the stuff that y'all did? Some of y'all wouldn't be smiling as hard as you are. And what if I was, uh-huh, adulterer, thief, uh uh-huh, I'm looking at some of y'all. Y'all used to steal. I could see it on your face. Uh Uh-huh. They're like, he better not leave that iPad up there or it's mine. No, I'm just kidding. But not only that, there's, can you forgive yourself? See, because that's some of the hardest people to forgive. See, because God can have a call in your life and you hesitate and say, man, I don't know if I can walk in that calling. Are you sure? When Brad first met me, he used to say things. And I'm like, Brad, do you realize I'm from Castle Hill Projects? A preacher of the word of God? Maybe some other words. But can you forgive yourself and walk in walking what God has for you? Because He's called you to be His chosen instrument to reach people. Everybody say calling overpass. Now the next thing, the next thing is calling over pressure. Oh my goodness, y'all! You could not imagine the amount of pressure that they, that Ananias had to experience. This is, see, because every, only one person in Damascus got a prophetic vision from the Lord. That was Ananias. See, so Ananias was the only person in his prayer closet that heard Jesus. Well, it was a vision. But he heard Jesus and Jesus said, hey, go to Saul. He's my chosen instrument. Go lay hands. He's going to change the world. Jews, Gentiles, right two-thirds of the Bible. Ananias was the only one. Everybody else? knew Saul was on the way to throw him in jail. So imagine, you're Ananias, God calls you to go walk with Saul, and nobody else knows about this vision. They're going to look at you like this dude is now, he's either crazy or he's about to help Saul. Like literally, that's literally the scenario. So you have Ananias, So now people are looking like, is that Ananias with Saul? Saul of Tarsus. Oh, yep, he didn't got. They done got him. He's gonna to try to lock us up. Run, like that's literally. But Ananias still did it. He still helped Saul. He fed him. He kept him safe, even though people around him was probably looking at him sideways. There's gonna be some people that you walk with, and you're gonna be tempted. You're going to be tempted to say, oh. Like, let's be honest. Pastor Brad and Ashley took in a random 18-year-old black dude. Like, can we just be honest? Like, that's the reality of the city. Like, I live with them. I would just go with them to stuff, just show up. <laughs> Brad, who's that? <laughs> he's my son, but not, like, he's not adopted, but, like, he's, you know, he loves God. You know, it's like, that's like, what do you say? And so literally, Saul is, literally, people are looking at Ananias and Saul sideways like, oh, uh, hold up, wait a minute. Like, what's going on here? But he still decided to help him. There's going to be people. There's going to be people that are still coming out of their past. They're not completely out of their past yet. And you're going to be tempted to hesitate on how much you walk with them because it's like, oh, I don't know, man. My friends might look at me weird crazy story i had a guy that i was walking with a few years ago and everybody would look at me crazy he looked like the i mean i looked at me crazy and i'm telling you time after time people was like man hey anthony like hey is he cuz y'all we learn church language that kind of isolates people like anthony but is he ready to be here yet? You mean at church? The place where we see people saved, redeemed, set free? Set ablaze for his, like, yeah, like, I know, I know you're walking with him, but, like, is he ready, ready? Well, he's not going to get ready, ready somewhere else. Like, what? Yeah, bro, just keep going to the bar. There's going to come a moment where you're ready, ready, and when that happens... I'd love to walk with you just right now. You're not ready, ready. And uh, so, because what that, what's, that language means, hey, I need you to start looking the part before there's ever real heart change. I need you to change the way you look, act, and talk before you can accept Jesus. But God's not calling us to do that because he didn't do it with us. The only thing God changed about Saul was his ability to see And then he gave it back. God was like, "Ah, I'm just kidding. Here you go. And so God is calling us to see calling over pressure. Because there will be pressure to walk with some of the people you're called to walk with. It's going to be pressure to not walk with them. I want to challenge you. Don't be like those people. You know what they're not doing? They're not walking with people. Anybody that's able to criticize somebody else's process isn't walking with people. I never met one person that I remember one time, oh, my goodness. Somebody said, man, are you hanging out with that person? Like, literally, they said this. Like, I know you love Jesus and all. Wait a minute. Don't we all love Jesus and all? Because I know you like helping people, but like, so what's going on here? Let us not be those people. Let us bleed the heart of God, and say, I don't care what you came out of. I don't care what you've done. God has a plan and a purpose for you. God's called you as a chosen instrument. So we have calling over past, calling over pressure, and then the last thing is calling over popularity. So we continue to read in the story, because Ananias is clearly an unsung hero. I mean, he was the first person to encounter Saul of Tarsus Saul of Tarsus, Tarsus, <laughs> who will eventually be known as Paul the Apostle and revolutionized his Christianity before anybody knew who he really was. Then it says, for some days he was with the disciples at Damascus. And immediately he proclaimed Jesus in a synagogue saying, he is the son of God. And all who heard him were amazed and said, is not this the man who made havoc in Jerusalem? Isn't this the man with a past? Of those who called upon this name, Jesus? And has he not come here for the purpose to bring them bound before the chief priest? But Saul increased in all the more in strength and confounded Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Christ. So imagine this Saul is in this crazy scenario where he left the city of Jerusalem. Loved by the Jews there because they were religious believers. They were religious leaders. And then he heads over to Damascus where everybody in Damascus, outside. So the Jews wanted him there. Like, yes, get the rest of these people of the way out of here because they have an infectious ideology. So the Jews are ready for him to come. And then all the believers there were like, we don't, like, bro, we're going to have to hide. He has this moment. Now he's hated by both groups. He's hated by the people that sent him. And the people that was ready to accept him and the people he was trying to bound. Then it says, when many days had passed, the Jews plotted to kill him. But their plot became known to Saul. They were watching the gates day and night in order to kill him. But his disciples took him by night and let him down through an opening in the wall, lowering him in a basket. And so Ananias is clearly an unsung hero in this story. But I think the person that's most unsung is the some disciples. See, the Bible b- barely mentions them. It says some of his disciples lowered him through the wall. Like, no, people were trying to kill Saul. And those random disciples had no idea that when they were passing, passing that basket through that window wall for him to escape that they would be preserving two-thirds of the New Testament. That they were preserving the greatest apostle to probably ever walk the earth. And they didn't hesitate. They didn't think about it. And they didn't shout out, hey, my name's not some disciples. It's actually Mark. No, it was, I'm going to just pass this on through. Because I understand that there's a call on his life. And I don't have time to be notarized. I don't have time to be seen. I don't have time. I just know I need this man to be saved. I know there's a reason why. If Ananias, y'all, this is crazy. I could only imagine that those disciples says, if Ananias, who we know is a believer, who follows Jesus could all of a sudden wake up one day and says, no, this man is a believer too. If Ananias could cast away all that he previously thought about this man, Those disciples said, you know what, I don't know what the deal is, but we need to save him. And in that moment, they were saving two-thirds of the Bible we believe and live our lives by. In that moment, they were saving Paul the apostle, who would be the great, the man who would walk by and shadows would heal people. The man that would grab a handkerchief and if he touched it, people would get healed. That's what they preserved when they passed him through the window. I'll never forget, I was an associate pastor back in my young days. I'm only 29. I'm, I'm so young. Praise God. Actually, I don't know why they let me do what I do over there. I'm, me and my wife were like the youngest campus pastors. And all the time Pastor Wayne, our executive pastor says, Anthony, y'all are campus pastors, but not campus pastors. Y'all are like the campus people. <laughs> but one day Pastor Mario, um, he was one of our associates at the Baker campus. And I was shadowing him. And we're in the lobby, right out in the lobby in our church. And, you know, in my young, dumb ways, I was out in the lobby, me and Pastor Mario, talking, cutting up, reading people, loving on people. And then, so at the end of service, you know, you can give on the way out in the buckets and a lot, you know, y'all know the deal. You know what we do. And so they do that. And there's this lady. I kid you not, you know, I'm, I'm newly associate pastor doing things. And so this lady, literally, I watched her. I watched her, she walked by, and she was walking out the door, and all of a sudden, she just, while she got to the door, she did this, and then she turned around. She had money in her hand. I was like, oh, am I being blessed today? And she said, oh, no, could you put that in the bucket? I said, the bucket? Lady, you walked past the bucket to get to the door. And so, and so in that moment, I was tested. My pride was tested. Uh, Lady, do you know who I am? And so I grabbed it. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to take it begrudgingly. Sure, lady. At the time, like, literally I'm a pastor acting crazy. And so I put it in a bucket. And then Pastor Mario, I kid you not, he (laughs) starts singing in the lobby. Oh, bucket boy. (laughs) I said the disrespect. But in that moment, I realized who I am doesn't matter. Can I serve in the most simplest way? And that's what some of those, that's what those some disciples did. In the simplest way, they became basket boys and said, you know what? I'm willing to do whatever the Lord needs me to do. And he needs me right now to save this man. I don't know who he is. I don't know what he's going to do for the world. I'm not even really thinking about that. All I just know is that this is what the Lord wants me to do right now. So my question to you this morning is, are you willing to be a basket boy or a basket girl that says, you know what, I'm willing to do whatever it takes, even though I may not understand what's happening right now, but I know that God's going to do something. I'm going to tell you right now, every single person that Paul, the apostle, has impacted every single person and soul that's a credit to his account in heaven is going to be behind the people we don't even know their names. It's going to be behind those basket boys, those basket girls. And so this morning, I want to pray for two people. I want to pray for the group that says, man, more now than ever, I want to be an unsung hero, no matter what it looks like, no matter my past, their past, no matter what pressures are around me, no matter if I'm ever noticed or seen, that I'm willing to walk in the call of God that God has for me. So if everybody in the room could just bow their head and close their eyes. And if you're in there this morning, you say, Pastor Anthony, I love the Lord, but I want you to pray for me. A greater passion to see his people in the kingdom reach. Right where you are, I just want you to lift your hands. Come on. Come on, hands going up everywhere. Lord, I just thank you right now for every single person that is in this room. And God, we're asking and we're declaring this morning that we're ready vessels to be used by you. We're ready to go out into the byways and highways. We're ready to go into the places people don't want to go. And we're ready to call out the destiny that's on the lives of those you've called us to reach. God, give us a greater passion this morning to be used by you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, now there's a second group I want to pray for. If you're in here this morning and you don't know Jesus, Today is a great day to know him. And so what I'm going to do, I'm going to have everybody on encounter three stand to their feet. But right now, if all of you one more time could just close your eyes and bow your head. If you're in here this morning and you say, Pastor Anthony, I don't know Jesus, but I want a relationship with him. I want to be used by him. Right where you are, I want you to just raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. And I want everybody here to repeat after me. and Say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. Thank you for making a way. Thank you for allowing me to have eternal life. I declare you Lord of my life, Savior of my soul. I repent of my sin. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, give praise to Jesus
0: thank you so much for listening today to make sure you never miss a message be sure to subscribe to our channel it would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review if you want to connect with us on instagram or facebook just search at transformation pensacola more information about our church or to contact us feel free to go to mytc.life mytc.life is also where you can partner with us financially and we would love it if you would consider doing just that as your financial support is a key factor in helping our content channels grow So I want to invite you to join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. I pray you have a blessed day.